Hello and welcome to the Bees Knees Podcast. We're your hosts, Ben and Brittany, and if you haven't already, please download this episode. And make sure to check out the link in the description where you can find links to our Discord and socials. Happy listening. This week, we took the kids to see the Lightyear movie. Mm. And not gonna lie, kind of underwhelmed. <laughs> and truthfully, I don't know if that's because my expectations were too high, if it just generally wasn't Pixar's best, or if it was the company in which we shared the theater with. <laughs> not meaning our children, because we love them dearly. I mean just other people in the theater. Like, we've talked so many times about how much being in the theater and being with like-minded people who also share the same love for these characters and these movies as we do, it adds to the whole cinema experience. The cinema. But what about when you share a theater with someone that is just over-the-top <laughs> expressions over everything that you don't even need to have any sort of out loud verbal reactions to yeah it kind of sucks because like for us we're so overwhelmed but they're just they are experiencing this movie to their truest degree yeah but like there's certain things it's like most people would react in like a little light chuckle under the <laughs> breath or like, oh, like to themselves, right? Like, oh, that's, that was sweet. Or, oh, that's kind of sad. Or <gasps> something happened. But like to yourself. Yeah. Or to the person that's directly next to you, you might like lean over and be like, oh my gosh, what just happened? <laughs> Not so loud that it distracts the other viewers in the theater. Yeah. Like, is that just part of theater etiquette to just like know when it's appropriate to have a large response to something do you remember back in the day when the theater used to have like a don't be a tommy texter or don't be yeah. a sally speaker or something like that yeah it's just like don't be an ollie overreactor <laughs> please react in a in a natural and normal tone yeah like i don't know it's just never occurred to me to even in moments where there is something that is just like crazy and the whole theater is reacting, I feel like my reaction is still very toned down because of my social anxiety. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't want to be too loud and draw attention to myself. Yeah. Like, are people really not that aware of what they're saying or doing or how loud they're being? It's what happens when the people who just don't give a fuck go to the movies. Because they were laughing at the smallest jokes. And not just like a little ha-ha. It was no. like a ha-ha, like screaming at the top of their lungs. They were exclaiming when things were strange or scary and all that. There was even a time where I looked over and they had their feet up on the chair. Yeah. And it's just like, you are, like, that's one seat away from us. And you've got your stanky ass feet up. <laughs> Right next to our six-year-old's head. And it's not even like we, like, never noticed. Because how could you not notice <laughs> when you were constantly looking over your shoulder at this person overreacting yeah. to everything? Well, and also, I think that it's good to clarify that, like, how old would you 
how how old would you say these people are? Like, like 40? When I was listening, I was like, these are some old ladies. Yeah. And then you look at them and you're like, oh, that's surprising because your this voice is, yeah. is way older sounding than your face looks. You look half what I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the most bizarre experience we've had in the theater since COVID. Mm-hmm. Like, especially since COVID. We've only seen a handful <laughs> of movies. But the last strange, like, overreactor person in the theater story that I remember was also at a, like, a Disney showing when they did the live action Lion King. Oh, yeah. There was that, I, like, I feel like she was a middle-aged woman just weeping. She was more than weeping. (laughs) She was hysterical. (laughs) Over the death of Mufasa, which I will never forget because I just don't understand. This is something you knew was going to happen. I know that it looks like a real lion. It's not. And you knew he was going to die. It's not. Yeah, it's not a new movie. So it's just like that was just so outrageous. I will never forget it. And now there's this one. That it's just like things that she saw, she had to have seen in the trailer because it was shown in the trailers constantly. There are certain scenes that was just like getting so much reaction. It was like, did you seriously not watch any trailers before coming here? <laughs> that you, This is brand new information to you? <laughs> Those are the, the overreactors I don't understand. Moral of the story, please just try to react like appropriately. When you're out watching a theater, because you just might be on somebody else's podcast. <laughs> we like talking about movies and TV, or TV and movies, because we're the bee's knees, oh yeah. Shall we start the episode off officially with our new tradition of rolling the dice? Absolutely. Give me a 20. Well, I'll try, but... Give me a 20. Now that you said that, it's probably going to be a 1. 14. Good enough. That's pretty close Yeah Um, We had mentioned that we watched Lightyear And that we were overall unimpressed Mm -hmm. Um, Why Why did you have that feeling about the movie? Honestly I think that it just felt like A bunch of Copies from other movies Like or or Plots that we've seen before And lessons that we've seen before Many times and it just felt like it was just A stale excuse for a movie yeah to be so blunt about it in the trailer it definitely made me feel like he was testing out the the hyperdrive and then something went wrong Mm -hmm. and he was thrust through time 65 years yeah when in reality he went four years into the future yeah they realized that and he was like I'm well, let's just keep going. doing it. Yeah. And I I just don't think I liked that because it just seems like a waste. Like all of the characters that we started the movie on, I mean really it was just him and the him and the uh Commander Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. But everybody in that potential story kind of just got wasted. Yeah. Cuz it's just like Let's watch Buzz keep going back into space and back into space Mm -hmm. for 60 years until they're all dead. Yeah. 
and it was just I don't unsatisfying. It just left my tummy feeling. Yuck. I I think I expected more of a Buzz Central movie and not really needing so much of the other characters even though i knew from the trailers that there were going to be other characters in it yeah i didn't think that they were gonna that it was gonna be a lesson based off of like the growth that you have after working as a teen absolutely i thought it was gonna be like oh here we have this like solo space ranger going out fighting aliens and robots yeah. And there wasn't really any aliens. There were some creepy <laughs> alien bug things. But like, and I know that the little green aliens from Toy Story are not the same movie. They're not un- from the Buzz Lightyear no. universe. But I still expected some sort of alien things that yeah. he would be out adventuring. I guess maybe I thought that he was going to be more like like Han Solo, but a space <laughs> ranger in a cool space suit. Yeah. So the premise of it is... Andy in Toy Story got this toy because he loved a movie. Mm-hmm. This is that movie. And I feel like everybody has been talking about this. No, it's not. Yeah. If this came out before Toy Story where Andy was like, oh, I saw this movie and I loved it. This mm-hmm. toy is so cool. Like this character is so cool. Yeah. He would have been more of a space ranger out fighting robots and exactly. aliens. Do you think either of our kids care about buzz lightyear no more after seeing that no no like it was a movie so they were like cool movie but they don't care it didn't make them fall in love with buzz lightyear do you think any kid has fallen in love with buzz lightyear because of that movie no absolutely not if anything they fell in love with the cat robot (laughs) i feel like the the biggest theory that should just be made canon is that this is pixar's 2022 remake of that movie yeah because when i think of what buzz lightyear is you're just like this lone space ranger like out fighting yeah i think of like doom guy where it's like the premise of the video game doom is this guy goes into hell and he just kills endless hordes of demons yeah and does like a bunch of like badass stuff and it's like there is plot is it important no you go through endless hallways and blow up demons with shotguns. Mm -hmm. And I kind of expected the same thing from Buzz Lightyear, but like, you know, appropriate, but just Buzz Lightyear kicking the shit out of stuff. Just like being Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. The other thing too is like Buzz Lightyear, the toy has such horrible people skills and social skills and doesn't understand social cues or references or anything like that that's part of his appeal is kind of just that he's he's completely unaware to sarcasm and stuff like that right yeah and you would assume that he got that from being kind of isolated on his own a lone ranger type but he had people and i know that he goes forward four years and goes forward four years but to him though those aren't four years. Those are a couple seconds. Yeah, he was in the movie for all of like a week. So it's like, he that's not enough time to be on your own to completely not understand social cues. Yeah. And so that wasn't really, he wasn't the same character that the toy is to Especially me. Especially when he wrapped up the movie 
having a crew that he trusted and communicated with. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember before we watched it, you kind of had some theories and stuff about what was going to take place. Um, how did you feel about the lack of a end of movie love interest with braids? Oh, <laughs> yeah, because I was like, it doesn't matter what version of Buzz there is. He always loves Jesse. Mm. This yarn, hair, braided character. And I wondered like where that would stem from in Buzz's like core. That no matter if he's reset to be Spanish, he still is like just overwhelmed by the beauty of Jesse. Yeah. And like I did wonder if it was because of Hawthorne. Like she does have braids, two braids. That was, that's all I could think of. You're talking of. about young Hawthorne. Yeah, the new young Hawthorne. Yeah, at the end of the movie she has braids. I, I don't it's see. It's a stretch. <laughs> yeah, because I don't see him. Being in love with her. Like Doctor Stranging it and being like, I love you in all universes. Yeah. Because, like, that's his best friend's grandkid. Yeah. So, like, that's, if Weird. that's the case, odd. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I didn't say that it was true or anything. It's just, it was one of those things that may, always made me wonder about Buzz. Maybe in Lightyear 2, to infinity and beyond Electric Boogaloo, um, there will be a story of him meeting another a space red ranger. redhead with braids. Yeah. I don't know. I honestly, I know they set it up for a second one, but I don't really think that it's needed. Pixar is usually amazing with their stories, with their lesson, with their depth. Yeah. This felt like they were trying to be really deep and trying to be really wonderful and great and just completely missed. I think that this was an individual project that they reskinned to be Buzz Lightyear. Because mm. you take out the fact that it's Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. You take out the name Zerg, change the robot suit. Yeah. There it, were some like one-liners that Buzz have, like how he narrates and like to Star Command and... He says a few things where it's like, oh, this is one of his like. Yeah. But again, that felt very forced. Like they had to put it in. It didn't feel like it fit. It was like, oh, we have to make him say this because this is what one of his buttons say if you press it on his action. Give him a different bonding phrase Mm -hmm. with original Hawthorne. Yeah. Instead of the to infinity and beyond. Drop the you're mocking me, aren't you? Right. And I mean, it's really. It's own thing. I was half expecting when he finally catches up to the, um, like the the ship at the end. Uh, I was expecting Taika Waititi's character to be like, "Look at him! He's just falling through space," and then him be like, "I'm not," or flying through space. I'm not flying. I'm falling with style. Right. Yeah. I was expecting him to say that in this movie Mm -hmm. because he said all the other things. Why not? Yeah. They really dropped the ball on that, didn't they? Yeah. I forgot like, all about that. <laughs> the the point of it is, there's no way this is the movie Andy f- saw and fell in love with Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. I mean, as a 90s kid, you would go in to watch this and come out being in love if it was like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, like something like that. Those yeah. genres that those kids went in and saw and was just like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. 
this is not that. Yeah, and I mean, like, think of Star Wars. It has kind of like a purpose-driven story. Mm-hmm. But it still is, like, you don't. they don't need to explain all the things. They don't need to give everything rhyme or reason. If something just happens because it's cool, yeah. okay. Imagine if you're watching Star Wars and Obi-Wan gets just vaporized by a lightsaber and they stop to like explain it for how long yeah like it would ruin the tone of the movie and there's so many things in this it just was like like when he meets zerg Mm -hmm. and it pauses to give 10 minutes of exposition yeah get out of here buzz kill literally (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it just wasn't dumb enough to be that 90s movie that kids fall in love with and it wasn't action filled enough yeah so i kind of wish that we had of waited for it to come out for streaming to be honest um i don't know if maybe we have a completely unfair opinion of it because we just went in with such high expectations i mean in a way we kind of are andy right the whole toy story franchise was built around us as kids and as the movies progress andy's getting older at the same time that we're getting older so we again should be the audience that they're appealing to and why did we fall in love with buzz lightyear and so i think that maybe that kind of idea is what's making it us be so hard on it maybe it actually is a all right movie but Uh, i just i feel like the general consensus is like it wasn't bad bad, but it's not great but i'm not gonna watch it again yeah the other thing before we move on that i have to point out because it really irritated me from the beginning Mm -hmm. was the cat character felt totally unnecessary and also if this was the movie that Andy saw, you cannot tell me that Zerg and Buzz would have been the only toys that came out of this movie. <laughs> there would have been that cat everywhere. Yep. And also, this cat is basically Baymax. <laughs> yeah. It's just... a healthcare companion who's out, like looking out for your well-being that does scans over you and all that stuff. It basically is just a cat version of Baymax. And takes everything too literally. Yes. Yeah. Which also I felt, that's why when I said like, I felt robbed by this movie because it just felt like they just gave us things that have already been done before and it just made the movie feel tired and just a replica of things that have already, like, oh, this did well in this movie. Let's throw it in this movie again (laughs) and see how it does. Yeah, so pretty much if you've seen this movie, let us know what you thought about it, and uh, we, we can share notes. Um, we also watched the final two episodes of Stranger Things mm-hmm. this week, because uh, they came out on Canada Day Yeah, for all of our fellow Canadians. Um, I, f- I enjoyed these last two episodes. Yeah. I mean, episode in a movie. Um, I feel like it could have been handled a little better yeah like instead of one episode that was an hour and a half and one that was two and a half hours just do like three hour and a half like episodes yeah because there there was a lot to go over 
And even in the two and a half hours of the finale, yeah, there, like, there was a good cutting point roughly halfway in. As well as there was just a lot of stuff that kind of got skipped over, or like rushed. Yeah, it kind of did, especially towards the end of the finale, like the final episode. It felt very much like okay, let's quickly wrap this up because we're getting over like close to three hours now. So <laughs> yeah. It's like they were sitting in the editing room and they were like, oh, cut this, cut this, cut this. Oh, but this 10 minute scene of two people awkwardly talking while making peanut butter sandwiches. <gasps> yeah, keep that in. That is gold. I mean, Steve's reaction to that was so sweet, though. Yeah, but it could have been like. It could have been quicker. rushed. I think the point of that was that Robin, for once, was quiet and collected while her crush was stammering and she's been in that position so it's like confirmation that she does have feelings for her too you know yeah anyway i don't know that's not the scene that i would have felt was too long i didn't feel like it was as long as you think what did what did you think went on too long honestly i i don't know if i can pick out one specific scene there's just i like you said if they had split it up then they could have added more to those scenes that felt like they were too short. Yeah. And elaborated on some things a little bit more. And then that would have made me feel more satisfied. What what do you wish lasted longer? Like, I feel like the reunion scenes especially felt very, like, quick. Here's kind of a happy ending before we take it from you. <laughs> and I don't feel like it was long enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, we never got Max's letters. We never got to see what she said. We, I wish that there was more on Will and yeah. him talking more with his brother. Like his brother opens up and is like, I'll always be here. And their relationship is really great. I wish that we could have seen Will be able to work through some of his feelings and have someone that he felt he could confide in because he knows like his brother has extended that invitation like you can confide in me you can trust in me i'll always love you i'll always be here for you he didn't get that opportunity to actually get some things off his chest that obviously yeah. he's holding in and is really painful to him yeah because him and l were kind of in the same boat where it was established mike is the heart mm -hmm. and mike went Balls deep giving that to Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I could have rephrased that. Yeah. Um, he went all in giving the emotional support yeah. to Eleven. <laughs> um, with like his speech of like, you're my superhero. Just fight. Just fight. Yeah. Meanwhile, this whole time, Will has been reassuring Mike that he is good enough. That he is... He is the heart of this group. Mm -hmm. he, he had that beautiful painting that he made. It's all nerdy and yeah. geeky and cute. That he worked really hard on. And you're right. There wasn't any... Like, I don't know if it should have gone as far as him saying how he felt to show Mike how to man up. Be like, you got to say what you feel because... Like, at the end when Mike is like, I love you. I've always loved you. And I was just afraid to tell you it because of yeah, this. Yeah. And it's just like, you're only saying this because Will told you to, but he can't. Yeah. I feel so bad for Will because like 
he is the glue holding that relationship together. Yeah. Like, he he was helpful to Elle when she was having doubts about about Mike loving her. And then he helped Mike be able to say that he loves her because Elle will always need her. Like, he is the one that they both have confided in with all of their doubts in the relationship. And he has reassured them in the other person's feelings. Meanwhile nobody seems to really give a shit about what he is feeling and i also hate how he feels the need to use l to defend his own feelings or his own actions towards mike yeah like the painting he said oh l told l commissioned me to do it it's like no sweetie (laughs) you care for your friend and you made that for him and don't hide behind l like That was so heartbreaking. That scene was so heartbreaking and seeing him just cry silently out the window and Mike just didn't even notice. And it's just like, fuck you, Mike. I saw a meme that was just like, why didn't Mike notice? And it's like, meanwhile, Mike's view is just like the back of a coconut head. (laughs) It's like, he can't tell he's crying. He just sees a bowl cut. (laughs) You should be able to tell. Like, just in his body, like his body language... And the way Jonathan is watching everything through the rearview mirror and he sees his brother's pain and it's like he can't do anything, yeah. which then leads to that scene of him being like, you know, like we used to talk and I miss I miss hanging out and I miss talking to you and I miss these these moments with you, these brotherly moments. And why couldn't they have had that? Just some lovely. I mean, next season he's likely gonna die, and he'll never have had a chance (laughs) to tell people how he really felt, and it's not fair. Nah, next season they're gonna they're gonna beat the bad guys, and then he's gonna have a boyfriend to. to I really hope this is the real me. Like honestly, f Mike. Honestly, Mike sucks. (laughs) He is such. He's the worst character in the show. It's like he's the heart. No. Sweetie, you are. <laughs> You've just been, yeah, like telling everybody what to say and how to say it. And if it wasn't for him going missing in the first place, then they wouldn't even have L. Yeah. But yeah, I wish that we would have gone more on Will and more for him. Like everything's just been so shitty for him. Yeah. And it seems like it's going to get shittier. And it's like, I wish that in this season he could have had at least one moment of like. Happiness? Yeah. Yeah. And like, what was the thing about it? Like on his birthday, uh, like was that when they were at the, the skating rink and they were all ignoring him? Yeah. Which I saw something that was like. They just picked a random date and for it just happened. Like, what are the odds that the random date they put in is the date that they had previously mentioned was his birthday? Yeah. And it's like, do we fix it or do we just keep it really sad? Yeah. I don't think, like, we should go back and rewatch that episode and see if they've, like, changed the date that pops up. Because if not, he's just having a very bad time. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I don't think they wrote it. They definitely didn't write it. No, they didn't write it that way. For his mom and everybody to forget (laughs) his birthday. But it's just like, of course, this is the odds for Will. Like, of course it is. (laughs) Of all the characters to be accidentally forgotten on their birthday. Even the writers forgot it was his birthday. (laughs) 
They're like, this seems like a good date. Yeah, it seems kind of familiar. I wonder why. Ah, it doesn't matter. Just throw it in there. And they made him up. Um, I was kind of disappointed because like how all of this reunion stuff was so quick. Mm-hmm. Because we went this entire season where they were all split up. Yeah. And now they're finally back together and we get just like a cut to two days later. And then some real quick just like, here's what they're all doing, I guess. Yeah. Like to me... This season feels like to the series what that one episode of Elle going off on her road trip did to that season. Yeah. Where it's just like it completely killed like the momentum and like the group feel of the show. Because the show started out as this core group of friends Mm -hmm. doing an adventure. Yeah. The translation of their D&D game into like this actual adventure. Yeah. And then... Oh, we're going on a solo quest today. But this season was just like, well, we're following all these storylines, I guess. And now they're finally back together. And we, like, it's not even like they culminated getting back together for the final fight. No. They, they even did the final fight separated. Hopper and Joyce were still in Russia. Yeah. Honestly, it really made me upset how long it took for Hopper to get home. Yeah. And yeah, it resulted in some cool fights. But how much better do you think it would have been if she had had Hopper back? If Elle had had Hopper back before she went and tried to take on Vecna by herself? Or if she was actually physically in the same room as Max? Yeah. And I know, like, I get that maybe this is what they wanted, right? Maybe, like, they wanted to be able to take away some characters from us i don't know yeah but i just wonder if it would have felt that much better if they had have had some things worked out that they could have been together at the last second and made each other stronger because of it yeah i don't know if it was like the uh like the idea that vecna what it it reminds me of like thanos he waited to jump on the infinity rings until odin died and Mm -hmm. like all these things collapsed right and then he jumped i mean that would make sense i guess did vecna wait until l was far away and like all of this probably Like, like it's a good point i didn't even think about that but it's just like cool i don't like it though i know the other thing I didn't like was the whole Nancy and Jonathan being separated. And so let's throw Steve back into the mix and see how we can Ugh. fuck with people's emotions. Because now what we're headed into is Nancy has conflicted feelings, obviously, for Steve. But she still feels attachment to Jonathan, her boyfriend. Yeah. And I feel like season five is going to be a lot of her, like, do I want to pursue this future with Jonathan or do I want to see if Steve's maturity is actually going to lead me to where I want to go? Yeah, that was another thing that I thought, like... Didn't need to be. And it just kind of shit the bed because they had Steve, like, proving himself. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts out with him just being like, oh, I'll never find somebody... Going through ta- that scene date where he's talking date. about his uh, his f- plans for the future mm-hmm. with his Harrington brood yeah. and all that. And then 
that's with you. Yeah. And like it looks like it's mutual almost. Which also seems out of character for Nancy, if I'm going to be honest. She doesn't seem like, and she did say like six kids is way too many yeah. kids. So at least she like stood her ground there. But she is too career driven to even be thinking about kids right now. <laughs> but like the point that it's like she saw that thoughtfulness. Yeah. And was like, I like this. I like this Steve. Mm-hmm. Where has this Steve been? Well, and I think it's also that here you have a, a man who is wanting to plan a future with you. Even if there's some kinks to work out, he sees a future with you. Whereas through the whole season, we saw Jonathan being like, I can't leave my family to go to school with her and I just am too afraid to tell her. So I'm just going to pretend like it's not happening. Yeah. And he's like not even talking about the future or plans or trying to be like, putting her first or their relationship first or how can we work around this so that I can still be with my family but still be working towards a future with you he's not providing that as her boyfriend and then there's Steve who's just like hey I want to have a future with you and she's just like wow that's kind of cool to hear because my boyfriend right now doesn't seem like (laughs) he wants to do that doesn't have any of that Um, how cool was their the phase four of their plan like where they're finally culminating, the, all of their bits are coming together for the most part, mm-hmm. um, apart from uh, Max doing the uh, Christy Crinkle. Yeah. Um, like they're all coming together. The the three teenagers in the Upside Down are coming up on Vecna. There's Eddie and Dustin getting ready to do the dopest metal show. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, Eleven was just kind of in Max's head um, and Hopper fighting that Demogorgon mm-hmm. with the sword. That was cool. There was so much awesome stuff mm-hmm. that happened in this last little bit. Um, Eddie's guitar, like, I don't know. I was going to say like guitar battle, but like his distraction, per- grand performance, performance yeah. on top of the trailer getting all the bats to come around. Yeah. That was so cool. It was. Like, I can't think of a cooler, like, aesthetic of that kind of a scene Mm -hmm. than on top of a roof in these red thunderclouds with bats in the sky. It's very badass. It kind of reminds me of Meatloaf, though. (laughs) Like, I feel like he has... Bat out of hell. Yeah. And I feel like it was kind of a similar aesthetic. Yeah. Um, Hopper's fight with the Demogorgon was also really cool. Mm-hmm. It just like, after all the shit that guy's been through, seeing the Demogorgons, the Demodogs, like all this shit. Yeah. Just to have that like one-on-one victory. Mm-hmm. It was so cool. Especially after the back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. like. We're in the prison. Now we're escaping the prison. <laughs> oh, wait, I have to go back to prison. Oh, wait, I'm escaping the prison. Oh, you know what? We have to go back to the prison. <laughs> While dealing with this, <laughs> this like, ADHD-riddled helicopter smuggler. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. It was a lot. But uh, but it was it was really cool. And I feel like that scene, I'm not going to say it made it worth it. That could have 
happened sooner. Yeah. Then he could have come home. Mm-hmm. That would have been awesome. I don't know if it necessarily needed to tie into the final phase. Um, I, I really liked uh, Steve and Robin's like Molotovs to Vecna. And then Nancy just blowing him with the sod off. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. Nancy was really badass in this. Like her face, her like whole demeanor mm. was just like, wow, look at this badass bitch. <laughs> and she's just what we all aspire to be. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember I'm bouncing back to Eddie playing guitar uh-huh. when I was just like, I saw him playing guitar in the trailer. But what amp is he using? Yeah. And you were like, if if he doesn't have an amp hooked up, then that's just going to kill the whole scene for me because it's not realistic or something. I don't know. He's and then like, it, it cuts first thing to them turning an amp on. And yeah. You're like, there it is. You can be happy now. Yeah. I was like, you can enjoy this knowing that it is hooked up to an amp and the sound is amplified through the whole upside down to work as their plan. Yeah. I mean, the plan was to attract the bats through making a ruckus so it's like they if they would have left out something as crucial as an amp (laughs) that would have been just ridiculous i'm just imagining him trying to play it but like it's just like the tinny like yeah like (laughs) an electric guitar when it's not plugged in is almost silent (laughs) that would have it would have been funny. You would have hear, heard like the little like zzz, as your the fingers slide up and down the chords. <laughs> um, Come at me, bats. Who else had a, a really satisfying final bit? Oh, you know what was the best? Mm. After Max kicks the bucket and the the portal starts opening up. And that yeah. bully guy just gets dissolved in half. Mm-hmm. To me, that was the perfect on-screen death for a dirtbag, a true TV villain. Yeah, because it was on screen, so it's not just like, oh, we don't like that character was an antagonist, but he just died off screen somewhere. But it was completely overlooked by the rest of the scene. Yeah. So it's like, yes, you saw it and you like you have that split second of holy fuck. Yeah. But then you're immediately taken away and you forget about that piece of shit. Yeah, because our focus is directed to more important people. Yeah, like the entire town falling apart. Mm-hmm. That was... It that was, was satisfying. Pretty, yeah. Some lesser satisfying things of people being done dirty. First of all, Eddie's death is... Uh, it's rough because he was a favorite. All of our favorite characters end up getting just the dirtiest deaths. Every season has a character you get emotionally invested in and yeah. they take them away. And it's usually taken away just so, I don't know, like. I don't think he had to die. Like, I understand the sacrifice Bob made. Yeah. Like, what but even th- Bob, it was very just kind of like fast and just like by taken by surprise. Yeah. Like, yeah, like that dog just like jumped. It was one of the only jump scares that I really remember because the dog just comes flying and then all of a sudden, oh, Bob's dead. Yeah. And like Barb, I don't think they even showed it. It's just Nancy found her. Yeah. 
Um, then the only other one that was kind of abrupt was everybody loved that little like scientist that yeah. they had in the back of the car. Yeah. I and forget his name. Same. But yeah, he died dirty too. He just got shot in the back. Yeah. Or something like that. Something like, like that. That was sad. But yeah, so Eddie, Eddie dying was painful. His whole thing with Dustin leading up to the final phase when they're preparing for it. Anytime anybody had any sort of moment of intimacy or heartfelt connection, I'm like, oh gosh, they're going to die. And I was just like prepared for them to die. And even still, I don't know that I could have been prepared for Eddie because there were so many times where I'm like, oh no, he's going to make it out. And like, oh, look at him fighting. And he's, he's, you know, standing up for once. He's not running away. And this is Eddie's year. They surely they're not going to take this away from him. And not only did he not get to graduate, he did not get to clear his name. Yeah, he just dies in the upside down after being attacked brutally by these disgusting bad creatures. All right. And but I know I know where you're going, but I just need to say how much it upsets me that everybody still blames this carefree nerd just fantastic character for all the satanic ritual deaths that they that they just pinned them on him and that his uncle who is grieving his nephew still hoping that he's out there somewhere has to deal with these hate crimes because he never got the chance to prove his innocence and he freaking died saving the town and none of them will know or be grateful for it or even be remorseful at their stupidity and their horrible actions and it's but you not, know it's not even the town though that like because of this earthquake yeah it's made nationwide news mm-hmm. and it had immediately there like this town was also rocked by a satanic cult led yeah. by this guy believed yeah. to be dead in the earthquake so the whole world thinks that he was some satanic murderous psychopath when that's like not it at all but also, you know for a fact that the douchebag football player is going to be considered a hero and like, oh, lost but never forgotten and all that bullshit when he was like the worst. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now I'm going to say my piece. I don't think Eddie is gone. Yeah. He might have died. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but I saw a TikTok that was... It was like, yeah, but the foreshadowing. And it showed when they were playing D&D, they were playing the curse of Vecna. And he's like, Vecna is here. And they were like, no, Vecna was killed by Cass. And he's like, oh, so it would seem. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Cass in Dungeons and Dragons was the guy that killed Vecna, um, allegedly. Um, he was a sword and shield carrying, I think like a paladin or something. Um, but he was also a vampire. Mm-hmm. Now, Eddie, at the end, went out sword and shield. He had his little spear thing that he was also remarkably proficient with. Mm-hmm. He took quite a few of those things out. Well, um, I would imagine that Eddie is definitely the type of person that would go out and just like sword fight in the woods just for oh, fun. Oh, Eddie's a LARPer. <laughs> yeah, he 100%. P. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Eddie, sword and shield guy, has just been killed in the upside down mm-hmm. and presumably left in the upside down yeah by 
these demonic bats. Yeah. Well, maybe the Upside Down, just because it is this dark, twisted place, is going to twist his body instead of just killing him and having him be dead. Yeah. Maybe he will become this, like, vampiric, like, kind of like an Mm -hmm. anti-monster who will, in the end, help kill Vecna. See, when you first pitched this to me, I was like, yeah, okay. I feel like Vecna, who is very badly hurt, will find Eddie and probably resurrect him in hopes to use him because the group already knows him and his familiar face and use him as emotional torment and to get closer to them and, and yeah. kind of get inside and poison them from the inside out. Only Eddie will still be in there and I feel like he's going to have some sort of a mental battle kind of like how... Um, kind of like Billy did? Yeah, Billy had that... Like he was overtaken by this evil being, whatever. And then in the last moments he was able to kind of fight it and still save the day. Yeah. Only Eddie has always had good intentions, but he's been too much of a coward to actually act on it until the end. So he's kind of just blossoming into his true heroic self. And I wonder if he's going to have some sort of a mental battle within himself to overcome the dark side that has resurrected him. But in order to save his friends, he's going to still become a hero in the end. Yeah, because there's also a lot of stuff. There's a there's so much Eddie lives mm-hmm. stuff on, especially TikTok. That's where I am most. But uh, I saw there's a lot of kind of, I guess, comparison between him and the Iron Maiden mascot Eddie. Yeah. Um. There's there's an album that I think came out shortly after the of like in world yeah the events that happened in hawkins and a lot of it seems to chronicle the events of what eddie went through Mm -hmm. and then on the art for that album there's like spray painted on a wall eddie lives Mm -hmm. so it's like because he's he's pretty big into metal yeah maybe it's uh it's something that's gonna become well known and in this universe iron maiden is going to use the adventures of eddie like how he went to hell and fought and came back but he's he's kind of not right now yeah he's this weird vampire zombie dude right um they're going to use him as an inspiration for that album in world yeah so there's a lot of quite stretchy theories of how he is still alive how he's just too good of a character. I feel like Eddie is this season's Steve. first season Steve. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, this guy's just going to die, but everyone loves him. So, like, keep him, him around. around. Yeah. And, like, I feel like we mentioned before how we've seen that they shot the scenes with him and Chrissy um, before. No, they shot those after Chrissy had already died. Yeah. So they shot the scenes where Chrissy died before they shot the scenes where they were in the like woods together and getting along and like they had such great chemistry so it was too late then for them to you know go back on killing her and keeping her around because of that chemistry so hopefully they are at least able to save eddie in this because Mm. him and dustin also have 
great chemistry, just like Dustin and Steve do. And I saw something that was like, Dustin needs both Steve and Eddie. Yeah, but I think that Eddie would also be a really good mentor for Will. Yeah. Because there's an... I don't know if it's been like legitimized with the creators and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw a video of the the costume director going over his outfit. Mm-hmm. And he has a bandana that hangs out of his pocket and a handcuff belt. And in that era, typically the bandana hanging out of your pocket was like a, a silent tell of like being bi or gay. Okay. And the like kind of kinky kinky belt. Yeah. Um, but in the end, when Eddie and Dustin separate from Steve and the girls, mm-hmm. Eddie comes up and he, he says, Steve. And then he just says, like, give him hell or something. I've seen so many videos of like his eyes in that scene. It's like, that's not what he wanted to say. Eddie's got a crush on Steve. Oh, I never picked that up at all. And so to have like if all of this fan theory stuff is correct to have just a a good strong role model for will to be like i know what you're going through yeah i get it Mm -hmm. that's true and like unfortunately they didn't eddie and will never got to meet no so we don't even know how they would have gotten along or how he would have been able to help will out a bit i don't know how he would moving forward either i mean even if it's not just like a i'm gonna tell you my key to success but just like to be like a hey i know what you're going through and i'm doing all right yeah like and i guess with will's tie into the upside down i feel like that's not the main focus though like in the beginning of the season we had a lot of like just trying to fit in and just trying to have a little bit of normal because we've never experienced that and it just being horrible just to be thrown back into near death experiences and like guess we got to go save the world again <laughs> will is now back in hawkins where he has that whole hair raising connection with the upside down and like he knows how vecna thinks and all that stuff yeah, especially now that the upside down is spilling into the regular world yeah like imagine the anxiety in just being in hawkins and it's like yeah like this is my home these are my friends in a way it's like i'm happy to be here but also this makes me feel so bad get me the hell out of here yeah (laughs) so again feeling bad for will but he has that tie to the upside down so if someone's gonna connect with somebody who maybe died and got resurrected in the upside down i feel like will has a pretty good chance at being that person yeah i'm really excited for the next season to see like how they're going to wrap it up because it's the final season yeah um obviously they're gonna beat the upside down in some way who they're gonna lose along the way i don't know who's gonna come back along the way hopefully eddie (laughs) <laughs> maybe it's gonna end with them all just dying <laughs> <laughs> surprise the upside down one yeah do you think it's gonna take like another what was it two years or more God. in between i hope not i hope not i hope that as soon as they finished like this season that just happened yeah 
they went right into filming. I hope they had it all planned out because I'll be honest, season four felt like half of a season. The The culmination of the Vecna fight mm-hmm. felt like a mid-season finale because it left on, it's not even like it left on a cliffhanger for the next season. Yeah. It left with a lot of stuff unresolved. Right. So I, f- I f- it feels like season five is just going to be season 4.5. Right. So I'm hoping they have the whole story planned mm-hmm. and then just went right into it. Yeah. Because you know what else? Those kids are not going to, like, they've already grown up drastically. Yeah. Like, these kids are, like, 20 years old now, <laughs> and they're playing 15-year-olds. Yeah, which, like, th- I think they do a pretty good job at. Yeah, some of them do, but also it's, like, the guy that plays Will, in universe, two years ago, dude was a child. Mm-hmm. And now he just, he looks like. Well, same with Mike. He looks the same age as Steve. <laughs> I don't think so. But, like, you know what I'm saying. Like, they're just going to get older. Yeah. So I hope they just jumped right into it. Because it it's kind of getting a little jarring to see. It's It reminds me of Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man. <laughs> it's like, this is a grown man in high school. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I hope they do just because of where they left it off. It would only make sense for them to not give them a chance to age anymore. Yeah. Just go straight into it. And that's the thing. Like, I saw something that was like, please let Will have a better haircut for season five. But where they left off, you can't. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but this is not the time to be going out and seeking a barber. Like, you've <laughs> got to save the world again. And you're being haunted by your connection with the upside down and things falling apart. So, sorry, but he's going to have the same terrible haircut. Yeah, so if you guys know any good barbers in Hawkins, uh, <laughs> let us know in the Discord or Instagram. You know where to find it in the link below. As well, let me know what songs would have also been good for Eddie to play to get the bats' attention. My pick is Raining Blood, because uh, that would have been dope as fuck. Thank you so much for joining us this week at the Bees Knees Podcast. If you haven't already, please download this episode and maybe recommend us to a friend. And we will talk to you next week.